This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. All right, my first guest this morning was uh, Pierre Polyev, the conservative leader. We talked yeah. about the bail reforms that were introduced by the government yesterday. This has been demanded by mayors, premiers, the opposition in, in Ottawa, including the, mayor, the premier of British Columbia, asking, look, we need to keep these violent repeat offenders locked up. Stop letting them out. He, of course, you know, Polyev, of course, said, oh, it's not going to work. They're going to continue. Well, to he's out. the opposition leader, so he's not going to take a position lauding the government. So that's his job is to criticize the government and say, express some skepticism and doubt that this is going to work. Having said that, I think what was announced yesterday by Ottawa far exceeds the expectations that were there a couple months ago from the provinces, delegations of attorney generals and justice ministers go to Ottawa. The um, attorney general, David Lametti, didn't seem very sympathetic to what the province were saying. thought the system was working just fine. Yeah. It's sort of what he said yesterday. Um, but he said, well, we're going to listen to the province, see if this works. So, I mean, it is a number of amendments to the criminal code, uh, not least of which is a reverse onus now for, for repeat violent offenders. With a weapon. With a weapon. Right. Yeah, it's not, okay. it's not a complete, not exactly what the provinces were looking for, but it's a, it's a significant step to over what they were looking at. Open question, though, can it pass Parliament before it adjourns um, in four weeks? That's a big question. Things move much slower through the House of Commons than they do through provincial legislatures. And then you've got the Senate has to sign off on this as well. So um, we'll see what, at what point will these actually become law. Reverse onus means that the burden of proof would now be on the accused person and their lawyer to, to show prove why they, why they should be let out. Right. Why you should, why I'm not a danger to the public. Even if I have a violent criminal record, you yeah. should let me out anyway. They would have to prove that rather than the other way around where the, the Crown would have to prove why they should be kept locked up. Yeah. So, and, and now the, the courts are also instructed now to take into account a person's uh, behavior, record of behavior when it comes to violent crimes. So yeah. you put it all together, it's going to be tougher for vi repeat, again, emphasize the word repeat, and emphasize the word violent offenders with weapons to automatically get bail. But we'll okay. see. We'll, I mean, Poliev is correct to express skepticism. Well, Poliev told me, jail, not bail. So, well, he's that sounds like it's going to be a campaign slogan, he's actually. Good at, he's good at slogans. Yeah, I'll give him that. Jail, not bail. So he says, keep them locked up. Forget about this this ba tinkering around with bail rules. Just keep these violent offenders locked up. Now here's David Lametti uh, uh, responding to Polyev. Okay, so Polyev just told me keep these people locked up. Jail, not bail. Here is the federal justice minister responding to that, and listen to what he says about Polyev here. For Mr. Polyev, everything has to boil down to an empty slogan. That's not what we do. We, look, we work with provincial premiers, we work with police associations, we work with experts, uh, and we try to get to an evidence-based solution. Um, his, is that uh, no? his, his empty slogans will get us nowhere. Okay, so this is shaping up as a, as a major issue, I think. Well, I think, it's gonna, I think public safety yeah. and all aspects of it has become a, a much more political, a much more dominant political issue. Uh, than ever before, or yeah. certainly in recent memory. So it's, it's bail, it's drug use, it's decriminalization, 
Uh, random street violence is certainly in, in urban centers has become a bigger issue yeah. than it has. And I think that's going to spill over into the next federal election. For, sh- for sure. Okay. Speaking of decriminalization, that's now the law of the land here in BC, right? You're allowed to possess small amounts of cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, all these really hard drugs. Two, was it 2.5 grams? Yeah, 2.5. Okay. So that is the legal possession limit. And the idea is you reduce the stigma of drug use and it will convince more people to reach out and get help. Now, we There's conti- been some unintended consequences, though. And, and tell me about the consequences. So what we're seeing is a number of towns around the province are reporting open, if, quite apart from just having possession, it's con- consumption of these right. drugs in public spaces, whether it's parks or school grounds. And particularly as, as we head into the summer, where people outdoors more, where these this activity is going to occur more and more, a number of... Uh, uh, municipal councils are passing bylaws and motions to prevent this sort of nuisance activity. And again, now you've got the provincial government sound, first of all, dismissing this at, at the beginning of decriminalization, now opening the door to to enabling municipalities to either through a joint provincial uh, measure or just on their own to prevent this activity from occurring. So it's an evolving situation. And even David Eby uh, a couple of weeks ago in the House, talked about, pointed out this is just an experiment, that this was not etched in stone, which tells me the government is evolving and, and sort of softening its position and not just automatically embracing decriminalization without realizing there's some unintended consequences. One of the communities that's really concerned about this is Kelowna, and I'll be speaking mm-hmm. to the mayor of Kelowna later on the show yeah. on this precise topic, and he's asking the federal go- or the provincial government, look, you know, this is... We've got open drug use happening in parks and playgrounds now. You got to help us. You got to do something on and this. Paraphernalia is being left behind. Yeah. You know, you've got uh, well that little girl who found the fentanyl bag yeah. in Nanaimo yeah. and the school playground that was brought up in the house. Yeah, yeah. And the opposition's been pushing this. I think somewhat. I think it's probably been the most effective uh, issue for the opposition in the session that just wrapped. Right. Was, was the whole issue of public safety? Well, let's listen to David Eby feeling the heat on this one in question period. So here he is asked about this public drug use, and listen to what he says here at the end here, sort of hinting that something is ha- going to happen here. There are changes coming. Let's listen. And our government is treating it seriously, uh, with a commitment through everything we do to work with partners to address any unintended consequences. Our government will work with uh, local government partners to make sure that those protections are in place. Nobody wants this activity affecting uh, our kids, and we will do something. We will do something, he says at the end, as you hear the, yeah, uh, the BC not, United going after him there. Again, if it's if it's legislation, well, you're going to have to wait till the fall. So it makes me think it's not going to be legislation. It's obviously going to be some sort of regulation, regulatory power that maybe the cabinet can act without the House approving it. But certainly what we're hearing from the government is different than what we heard from them four or five months ago. Okay, we'll have more on that coming up. Uh, let's talk. Uh, finish up with uh, the never-ending saga of Surrey policing. So we had the report that came out from the provincial government, recommend, the strong recommendation that they continue with the transition to the Surrey Police Service. Brenda Locke, the Surrey mayor, continues to insist she, they want to keep the RCMP. There's this fight over this report because Brenda Locke, the mayor, was given this sort of partially censored report. Yeah, well, right? the, the report that's been made public, and we've all got copies of it, is heavily redacted. Yeah. And that means there's a bunch of blank pages, about yeah. 80% of it. And we're told that those redactions are at the request uh, insistence from the RCMP and Surrey Police Services because it contains very granular detail about 
uh, police staffing levels in geographical areas at certain times a day. And that's been redacted their request because they don't want the bad guys to find out how many officers are working at 2.30 in the morning in a small neighborhood in Wally. For example, yeah, that's that, where they'll go. Is that really where does the public need to know that information? Yeah. So Brenda Locke has been uh, offered a completely unredacted version of this report with right. no blacked out pages if she signs what's called a non-disclosure agreement. Non-disclosure agreements are signed. By opposition parties sign non-disclosure agreements. They're not routine, but they're not unheard of. And she's balked and said, no, I'm not going to sign that. So she can't get the full report. So there seemed to be a bit of a, a loggerheads here again. Um, as this thing continues, this ongoing soap opera. Okay, let's listen on, on this point here. Now, you'll hear the public safety minister, Mike Farnworth, about this this censored report, and should Brenda Locke get the full report? Then you'll hear the Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke respond. Let's listen. I have thought that the, uh, the city might have been able to receive the, the unredacted report uh, a week ago. Well, the, the original... Uh Non-disclosure agreement was absolutely uh, untenable for the city and uh, was something we would not consider. Why is it untenable? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure why it would be untenable. Because you're given access to the information. You just can't tell people about it. Yeah. You can tell each other. Yeah. You know, the council can know this. And presumably the staff, whoever signs the non-disclosure agreement. But the general public can't. So, I mean, this kind of happens in a lot of other instances um, from time to time. So, but a bit puzzled why that position. I think it, it potentially may be because she thinks that's softening her position. But she, she did say uh, after her first comment the next day, she said, well, we're going to take this report and we're going to go through it. Yeah, we're going to look at it. We're going to look at it. And, and now, uh, which gave the impression that perhaps they're willing to consider maybe looking at the recommendation in this report, which is to... Uh, transfer back to Surrey Police Service now seems to be hardening position that, no, they're not going to change. Okay, let's listen to that because she wants to keep the RCMP, mm-hmm. okay? And she makes that quite clear in this in this clip. Let's, let's listen. I think it's absolutely uh, the RCMP are staying in the city of Surrey. There's no doubt about that. Okay, there's no well, doubt about it. Today yeah. there's no doubt about it. We'll see what her position is tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, they do seem to be at loggerheads. I'm not sure what the next step is. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, Keith Baldry is my guest. Let's go right to your calls. Glenn and Langley. Hi, Glenn. Go ahead. Hi. Sorry. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Um, you know, there's only one way you can fix this whole mess, and that's just to have a referendum. I know it costs a lot of money, but that would solve the problem right there. On, this, on, the, Surrey, on the Surrey policing you're talking about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just have a, yeah. have a referendum and be done with it. Thanks, yeah, sir. we... You know, there are people who have advocated for that. Some are, are saying it's too late. Um, it may come to that. I don't think it will. But I mean, it's it's not automatically 100% off the table. I mean, this is an ongoing conversation and an ongoing mess. And at the end of the day, if a referendum is acceptable to both sides as sort of the arbiter here, perhaps it happens. Well, I think they should have done a referendum in the first place, like years ago. 
right? And they didn't do it. Is it too late? I started thinking maybe probably it is too late, given that we've gone so far down the track. But I don't know, maybe not. If we're into this standoff. Well, it would be interesting if there's going to be another vote at council. I'm not sure there is. But remember, it was a 5-4 vote to go back to the RCMP. Yeah. If one councillor flips. Yeah. You've also got the ethics commissioner there ruling on whether one of the MLAs supporting the RCMP uh, is um, whose family conflict of interest. is a conflict of interest. So yeah. We'll see if that person's allowed to vote. Yeah. So, Again, a mess that continues. Yeah. Gurdeep in Surrey. Hi, Gurdeep. Go ahead. Uh, morning, Mike and Keith. I think, you know, it, there's, it's more political now than um, anything to do with the, you know, the policing transition. Both sides are sort of dug in. I mean, you know, this mayor sits in in-camera meetings. This is exactly like that. You know, there's material that cannot be discussed in public. She mm-hmm. knows that. Oh, yeah. Her staff knows that. And, you know, uh, you know, she's, uh, you know, we all sign NDAs, you know, and uh, she should just, uh, and, you know, she actually has that Surrey RCMP report that they sent to the province. She has the fully unredacted copy. Her staff has it. So she yep. does, you know, yep. you know, they already have it. And Keith knows that. Yep. Right? Yep. And interesting point about in-camera meetings. You know, oh, yeah. Municipalities have more in-camera meetings than a lot of people know about. And they discuss sensitive issues in there. For example, personnel issues that they can't discuss in public, but they're privy to that information. And there's no difference here with this with this um, report. Uh, but that's essentially like a non-disclosure agreement, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like going into an uh, in-camera meeting and being yeah. presented with a report you can't share with the public. So right. a lot of heads being scratched about her view here. Yeah. Calvin and Kamloops. Hi, Calvin. Go ahead. Hey, uh, hi, Keith and uh, Mike. Mine was about the, the the open drug use. I mean, where does it, what happens with the safety of our kids and the public? Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like these people are given rights over top of our safety, this mm-hmm. small group of people. Why aren't we treating these people? Like, why do we, well, how come all of a sudden in, in, in BC and in Canada, we have a massive influx of homeless people and drug addiction? It's kind of gotten really out of control and we're catering to these people, and we're not catering to the people that are actually paying the taxes and are actually good law-abiding citizens. Like, oh, where does this yeah. change? Yeah. Thank, thank you. And he's calling from Kamloops, which is one of the councils that, that's uh, grappling with this, uh, reporting you know, lots of incidents of people open drug use in public spaces. Um, in terms of this explosion of homeless and drug use, there is some truth to that in that our population in BC has exploded in yeah. 10 years. And so with it comes uh, pressure everywhere else. Yeah. So there's pressure on housing. There's pressure on the healthcare system. Um, this is why you got longer wait lists sometimes. And there's also just, if you put 150,000 or 250,000 more people into BC, a percentage of them are going to be homeless, and that means the homeless population will increase. I think that if you're going to go with decriminalization, and I don't think the government will back away from decrim, that bringing in a chain, a rule that says, look, okay, decriminalization of possession is still going forward, but you can't use drugs in a playground. You can't use no. drugs in a public park. Like, it seems to me that's just common sense. Exactly. Could... 100% public support yeah. for, for rules like that. Oh, yeah. Daryl in Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, and, and it's about your, your interview with Pierre Polyev. You know, he is, and always has been, very quick at the, at the one-liners, bail, not jail. These are very complicated issues. He's not the one who's going to have to draft the law and have it tested before the Supreme Court of Canada. So, in, and also, I think about two weeks ago, a criminal defense lawyer by the name of Nathanson wrote a big op-ed in the Vancouver Sun 
outlining mm-hmm. how bail conditions are, how they were arrived at, and that judges must follow the law and the Constitution and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So a lot of, a lot of times with Pierre Polyev, I find he just spouts off because he's not the one who's going to have to, to, to face these laws in front of the Supreme Court. Yeah, all good points, but he's the opposition leader, and that's what opposition leaders do. Uh, they're not expected to, uh, to be have all the details. Uh, government has the legislators, they have the drafters, and you know it's no different than in other places. Just I think Polyev's rhetoric is a little more amplified than some other opposition leaders.